Welcome to the University of Birmingham's Fantastic Research and Where to Find It series. Each episode will feature two experts discussing areas of their research that relate to subjects explored in the films based on the work of author J.K. Rowling. Today's episode will feature experts from the Department of Philosophy, and they will be discussing time travel and if it is possible to apparate. My name's Henry Taylor, I'm a philosopher at the University of Birmingham, and I'm here to interview Nick Effingham. Hi, so I'm Nick Effingham, I'm a leader in philosophy at the University of Birmingham. Okay, Nick, so I'd like to kick off with a question from Donnie Darko. What does philosophy have to do with time travel? Okay, um, so you might have thought that time travel, investigations into time travel, if anyone was going to do it, well, you might, you might think that only, only science fiction writers would do it, but if anyone was going to do it at a university, it'd be a physicist. But it, it turns out that a lot of things that we look at in the world, a lot of phenomena and features of the world, you can investigate by thought experiments, the kind of experiments you just sort of sit in a chair and think about. Um, and that's the kind of thing that philosophers do. We look at thought experiments that tell us about tell us about time travel and how it might work, if it was to work, and this sort of thing. Oh, great. So you've written a book on time travel recently, haven't you? Uh, yes, yeah, I have. And uh, can, we, yeah. can we expect it to be jam-packed full of... Terminator-esque thought experiments, back yeah. to the future kind it's, of it's, style stuff. Uh, about two-thirds of the book is nothing but thought experiments that are meant to show that time travel is impossible and then questioning whether that's the case. Yeah, yeah. Questioning whether those thought experiments do demonstrate that time travel is impossible. So, the, as I always understood it, a lot of the reason that you might think that time travel is impossible is because of something like this. If you could travel back in time, then I could go back to 1962 I could meet my dad before he before he'd ever met my mother and done whatever it is he did with them with her sorry or uh, and I could kill my father and then I would never be born but then I would never be born to go back to kill him in the first place so how does all that work doesn't that lead us into paradox uh yes so that's the the famous grandfather paradox um knocked it down since about the 1930s 1940s a, a good portion of the book is just actually spent <coughs> trying to figure out exactly what the paradox is, exactly what the problem's meant to be. Uh, so, so, yeah, some people, if you pick up a book on pop science, that's they often say it just like you say. They, they say, look, you know, what would be the explanation for what had happened? If I shot my grandfather, then I wouldn't have been born. What would explain my birth? Nothing would explain my birth, so I'd exist. And it goes down in a loop. You know, I wouldn't exist, so my grandfather wouldn't have died. And if my grandfather didn't die, I would exist. And if it did exist... Um, I'm not sure that's the best way to get your head around it. I'm not sure that's the best way to get your head around so it. So what kind of way would you recommend for us to think about killing my own grandfather? So, so killing your own grandfather, I'd set it up as... Uh, uh, so you go back to kill him. I, call, I always call him Pappy, uh, mainly because I never called my own grandfather that. And, you know, I want to make clear that I quite like my grandfathers and don't want to shoot them. So I go back in time to kill Pappy. Um... So it's true, the, you're doing an argument for the impossibility of time travel. So you go back in time, it sounds as if you're in some sort of circumstances where you could kill him. So you've got a gun, you're only standing 10 foot away, you're an excellent shot, you're not going to miss, you're not going to change your mind. So it looks like you could kill him, but because it's impossible for you to shoot your grandfather, because if we know anything, we know, if we know anything, we know that your grandfather was alive in 1930, uh, because you haven't been conceived of yet then we know that you can't kill him because it's impossible and you can't do the impossible, right? So you get this contradiction. You both can do something and you can't do it. 
And that's got to be impossible. Well, exactly. So I'm glad to hear that you really like your dad <laughs> and that none of this is a reflection on your own Yeah, my own family. Yeah. Your own psychoanalytic trauma that you yeah, yeah, no, no Freud here. But surely the most sensible thing to say is just, well, you've reached a paradox. You both can kill your grandfather and you can't. So there must just be something wrong with time travel. Clearly, time travel must be impossible. Yeah, and I think that whilst I, that's not an argument, that's not a position I believe in. I think people underestimate just how seductive that should be. I think it's not a bad argument. I think it's not a bad position to take. Ultimately, I don't think it's like... Ultimately, I think we, we can have the ability to do the impossible. You never will do it. You never will do the impossible. But you could do the impossible. You could do things which are impossible, which sounds weird. Weird is indeed when you say <laughs> when you say that we could do the impossible. Yeah, I I I'm used to thinking of what does it mean for something to be impossible? That just means that you can't ever do you it. Can't ever that's, do it. That's what impossible means. So it looks to me like we've ended up with another contradiction here, where you're saying we can do something and also that thing's impossible. Yeah. So I I think the first thing is to distinguish between something being possible or impossible. And then what the word can is doing. So, because this is what philosophers do, we spend our time focusing on words and what they mean. When you say that someone can do something, you're attributing an ability to them. When I say I can kill my grandfather, I just mean I have the ability to do it. So I have the ability to kill him, but I won't. And that sounds a lot more consistent. And then when you get to how can you have the ability to do the impossible, I think, I think actually there's good reasons to think outside of time travel, you have the ability to do the impossible. Sorry, I have the ability to do something that's literally completely impossible. Well, well, let's maybe maybe you'll disagree with this, but let, let's see where it goes. So, you have the ability to walk on a ball of rock, oh, a see. ball of earth, a oh, ball yeah. of earth. I, I do do that with my time. Yeah. So we we all do that. We all walk on the uh, the planet Earth. Um, you'd have an ability to walk on a uh, a ball of gold that was ten thousand kilometers wide. So I think you've got the ability to do that. If there was a ball of gold, you could get on it and you could walk a, walk along it. Um, and I think you also have the ability to walk on a ball of uranium that's 10,000 kilometers wide. I, I see no reason to think you haven't got that ability. But obviously that's impossible because you can't get balls of uranium 10,000 kilometers wide. They blow up. So it's physically impossible that you'll do that. But you've still got the ability to do it. So you've got the ability to do the physically impossible. And once you kind of allow that through then having the ability to shoot your grandfather even though you won't doesn't sound too bad. So it's got a nice positive message is that you can do a lot more than you thought you could. Yeah. You, including you, impossible stuff. Yeah, you've got all this the oh. ability to do all this impossible stuff. That's, that's great. Have yeah. you thought of marketing it towards the self-help market? <laughs> it's sort of, you, you too can do the impossible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that might go badly for them. I don't think I should speak to our, our uh, psychiatry yeah. mates on that one. One of the things I've always wondered about the philosophy of time travel is you mentioned earlier that you might think it's just a question for physics, but surely physics does tell us a lot more about the nature of the universe and the nature of time than just sitting in your office thinking about killing your grandfather. I mean, what kind of links do you have with physics or with empirical science um, work on time and time travel? So, so there's some physics in the book. I'm not going to bill myself as a physicist. <coughs> That's not what I am, but there's some physics in the book. So... Physics doesn't say time travel is possible. That's not the case. But physicists have sketched suggestions that say that it might be possible. For all we know, there's, there's ways that the universe might turn out such that it's possible. So they have kind of two main avenues. One is that the world... You might find that space-time is warped. There might be warps in space-time. And you, they, the normal one is wormholes. You might come across a wormhole that goes into the past. Um, but if you... If you have any situation where something's spinning very, very rapidly, very, very fast, 
like a, a black hole that's rotating or an infinitely long cylinder, it, it, it looks as if that would allow you to go back in time. Now, obviously, there are no infinitely long cylinders, but if there were, you could maybe go, go back in time. So that's one way. And the other way is that there might be strange things that just propagate back in time. So you, you can't go fast in the speed of light, but it's, it's acceptable to the physics that there's things that start off going fast in the speed of light and never slow down. And if they were, these things called tachyons, they'd, they'd go back in time. People have looked for them. People have but they haven't them. found them. No, they, they haven't found them. They haven't found them. Um, they've looked for them in two ways. They've, when things travel faster than the speed of light in a given medium, say in water, um, so the speed of light in water is slower, and things can go faster than the speed of light in water. They just can't go faster than the speed of light in space. Uh, they produce a kind of radiation called Shilenkov radiation. They, they looked for that to see if there's any tachyons, but they didn't find it. Um, I suspect they should never have expected tachyons to produce it. Um, the other one is that some people think that when protons decay, they might spit out a tachyon. So they went looking to see whether protons decayed and uh, they don't appear to decay. So no tachyons. Oh, well, that's a massive bummer for physicists, but at least you can carry on with your thought experiment. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, so do you think time travel is possible? So I, I think it's... I think it is, broadly speaking, possible, uh, but if you lived in a world where it was physically possible, the chance of it happening would be, if not zero, then very close to zero. Well, there was, a, oh, there was loads of stuff going on there. What do you mean that it's, if you lived in a world where it's okay. physically possible? So imagine Surely it, there's only one world, and what's physically possible is well, what's possible entirely. Okay, so, so philosophers truck sometimes in what's called metaphysical possibility. So the, the laws of physics are what they are this world, but maybe they could have been different. Or we broadly thinking, think there's a sense in which they could have been different. That, that it's metaphysically possible for them to be different. So, for all I, so I think time travel's, in theory, possible. So I can sit down in an armchair and can't disprove it. But, but it's not possible given the laws of physics that we have. For all I know... Well, no, maybe the laws of physics will permit it. Maybe the laws of physics will permit it. But if they permitted it, you'd never expect to see it, which is the weird claim. That's so, my weird claim. That, that's your weird claim. Yeah, that's that's, that, that's so, my thing that, that a book trying to, trying to prove. In a book full of claims like you can do things that are impossible, yeah. this one is your weird one. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is that yeah, time that, that travel... That one goes out on a limb. <laughs> time travel is possible, but we would never see it. Yeah, you'd ne- even if it was super simple to do, you'd never expect to see it. Okay, why is that then? Is that because it would end up with people killing their grandfathers? Or what's the deal with that? Yeah, more or less. So in the same way that if you go back in time to kill your grandfather... You'll never do it. So imagine the only thing that would stop you would be a heart attack. Then it turns out that going back in time would be really bad for your health because you'd, you'd definitely have a heart attack. And I think that when you follow through that reasoning, it, it, it turns out that people who try and go back in time, will all, something will always try and stop them before they even get into the time machine. So you're saying that time has a vested interest in stopping me from killing my father. No, it really cares about his welfare. Yeah, no, I don't think time cares. That, that makes it sound like it's an agent. It just turns out that that's the way that it's going to be. We know, we know that you don't go back in time because, because basically you didn't, so something will stop you. Uh, whoa. <laughs> we know that you can't go back in time because you didn't, so yeah, something will stop, stop you. you. So imagine you tried to come back in time to this library yeah. and interject in the conversation. So you have the ability to do that if you had a time machine, but you won't. So when you make an effort to try and do it, something will stop you. And I suggest that the thing that will stop you occurs before you step into the time machine. Okay, so it's one of those things that I have the ability for, but which is impossible. Yeah. Yeah, another one of those. Well, it's not impossible. It's, it's just very unlikely. It's very, very unlikely. Uh, I see. 
Okay. Right. Well, something I always have to ask people who work on time travel, okay. which I've asked many people who work on time travel. What's your favourite time travel film? Uh, my favourite time travel film is Time Climbs, a Spanish time travel movie. Because I, I watched a lot of time travel movies, and and I mean, they're all pretty similar, and they kind of drove me mad near the end. And a lot of them are a lot of them are not very good. But Time Climbs was very good and did something different. I highly recommend people watching it. Well, personally, I really like Twelve Monkeys. Have you seen that one? I've I've seen Twelve Monkeys. It's a it's a good film, and it but it sh- there's basically only one time travel shtick. <laughs> uh, which is you go back in time and try and do something. It turns out you caused it all along. And just every time travel movie just does that uh, shtick again and again and again. And it's a good shtick and it works for 12 Monkeys. But I mean, after watching 50 films, you get bored of seeing it. <laughs> I see that you're weary of time travel. Yeah, so. I, I, I think I could live without seeing a time travel movie <laughs> ever again. It, it's interesting when they start doing different things and some of the more recent time travel movies make an effort because they... They know that 12 Monkeys is out there. And they know that there's all these other movies. So what do you think you're going to research next then? If you're, um, you think you're moving on from time travel? or Yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking... So I did a lot of work during time travel book on, on the nature of conditionals, the nature of what would happen if we did certain things. So I think the next project will build on that and look at the nature of what would happen if you did certain things. So if you shot me, I would die. Seems to be something that's true. But it might occur to you that if you shot me, I might survive. And therefore, it's false that if you shot me, I would die. But that kind of thinking means that all your wood statements are false. And that, that, that way, wood statements. Wood statements. State. If something was the case, then something else would be the case. If you shot me, I would die. If we went to the cinema tonight, we would have fun. So um, you're worried that all those ideas are false? Yeah. Well, I'm not worried. I think that definitely... I think I think there's a way to avoid that. There must be some way to avoid that because they can't all be false. They can't all be false. Yeah. And with one final note, when I was an undergraduate, one of my best friends convinced herself that all wood statements are false. And she asked me to tell her off if she ever used one. And on that note, I think we can leave it there. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, Nick Effingham. Thank you. Thank you to Dr. Nick Effingham and Dr. Henry Taylor for that fantastic insight into your research. For more fantastic research and where to find it at the University of Birmingham, visit our website at www.birmingham.ac.uk forward slash fantastic research.